Welcome to Sports, Clicks, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for the uh, little bit of late start here. We had a uh, an interview that was so good that it went a little long, so we kept it going, and uh, I haven't been able to put that into the show yet today, so if I can make that happen before the end of the live stream, I'll do that. If not, uh, you will have that as a separate clip, but uh, I want to thank Nikki Polos uh, for joining us here. Um, Mr. Husong, thank you for joining us again in studio as well. Uh, how was your weekend? Fantastic. I'm just excited it wasn't my fault we were late today. No, nope, totally I my fault. on the record. Not, nope. not on ben me. I was here way early, uh, to- totally on my back this time. <laughs> How um, was your weekend? I had quite a weekend. I don't know if you know, but the uh, a couple of the minor parties had their national conventions over the weekend, the Green Party and the Libertarian Party, which I was a delegate for. Um, so we held our national conventions uh mostly virtually partially in person kind of like a hodgepodge of uh different things but uh sure we have a couple presidential candidates that emerges syracuse's own howie hawkins has emerged for the green party as their presidential candidate nice Uh, and joe jorgensen is or she was nominated in may but she's uh, our uh our presidential candidate for the libertarian party so if you're not into uh a trump biden uh Duopoly, you have a couple other options there that you can uh, check out there that are now official that happened over the weekend. So wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. Are you telling me there's people out there that don't want to limit their options to Donald Trump and Joe Biden? Stop. I think there may be a few. I just um, <laughs> um, so did I tell you? Did I tell everybody? No. Yeah. Wait. Let's let's just let's go right into in. sports. Let's go right into sports. There's a couple things that we can touch on here. Um, let's touch on quickly Colin Morikawa screwing me in a different way this week. Um, I was all in on JT. Justin Thomas had him in my lineups. Um, I did not have Colin Morikawa. They went to a playoff. Colin Morikawa wins the playoff this week. Uh, I lose this week. So previous Colin Morikawa had lost the playoff and I had lost along with him. This time he just won and beat me up. So, but congratulations to him. I still love the dude. I think he's a great player. Um, and, you know, the, the the crop of young guys was on display here. We had Victor Hovland was at the top of the leaderboard most of the day. JT's uh, a young kid, too. So the, the, the golf's uh, – the, the, the sport of PGA golf is healthy, I think. Um, this week we get to move to the Memorial, which is kind of like the first big boy tournament of the year. Uh, we get the reemergence of Tiger Woods. Uh, full field, uh, right back at the same tournament for the Memorial. So uh, It's exciting. Yeah. It's like a good said, time it's for like golf. kind of like a uh, – I don't know, even, a, even a, a, a different gear for, for sports, I guess, with this first big tournament. Um, <laughs> we have a couple other kind of sports news things that we don't necessarily have full information on. We expect the Washington Redskins to change their name possibly today. They are. It's They, they made it official. The name is changing. Okay. And do we get any uh, possibilities of that name or... So there's a bunch of them that are out there, but in what is truly one of the most humorous situations I could think of, apparently a real estate agent in Virginia last week went on and trademarked about 15 to 20 different names that the Redskins were rumored to be thinking about. So they are now locked in a trademark battle with some guy in Virginia who beat them to the punch on trademarking possible names like Red Wolves, Red Tails, 
uh, a couple others like that, that I, I find this to be absolutely hysterical, uh, that it's that it came to that, and this NFL organization is now bogged down in a trademark fight with some dude because he decided to go and trademark a bunch of names. Misuse of the system? Sure. Still funny. That's hot. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and then I, you just mentioned this to me when you got here, and I haven't seen anything about it, but did you say that Patrick Mahomes is now half a billionaire? Uh, Patrick Mahomes has a 10-year, $500 million contract from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, instinct. Worth it? Not worth it. Well, I mean, I do think the kid is unbelievable, and I don't even know if we've seen the best out of him yet. So the quarterback is probably the most position, the most important position in all of sports, uh, I guess. But, I mean, you know the back end of that contract is just going to be Not money existing. thrown away. Right? right. So, like, you're just paying the dude for the you're, – you're, you're stretching out what – you couldn't pay him, you know – all that money in five years because you can't. So you just have to eat those last couple of years and right. hope that he's uh, Warren Moon and not, you know, RG3. So um, I don't know. Like I said, you, you'd like to get 10 years out of him. That's that's a long time. Um, but good on Kansas City Chiefs for making the investment in a young player. I mean, obviously he's unbelievably great. So um, I do think that there is a, a ceiling that hasn't been touched for him yet. So I agree with that. I think it was a good idea. I would have signed a contract for him. No, no questions asked. And I, I think he is special with what he can do. He is everything you're hoping for in what we'll call this new age of quarterbacks of mobile, accurate, good arm, good instincts, arm, good yeah. decisions. I, he checks all the boxes. And now he's got some resume built up too to justify that it's not a huge risk obviously he could fall off the face of the earth we've seen it before uh, i would say it's unlikely here it's a good gamble well worth every penny that they're investing in him he is arguably the best quarterback in the league right now as far as talent skill and all the other uh, factors that go into it so i think it was a good decision um on the other end of the spectrum we have Dak prescott and the dallas cowboys who have announced today that they are nowhere near a contract well, I mean, I guess not shocking to some degree. I mean, I, you know, I think Dak is a good quarterback. I don't think he's in the Mahomes level, but I think he has been well worth uh, a sign. I think he's been, you know, more than credible, I guess, and he's still a young kid too. So I, I'm not sure where the Cowboys are with that and what their philosophy is on paying quarterbacks and whatnot. And did they ever sign Zeke to a big contract? Do you know? I can't I remember know. if they did. But so, like, I don't know how much money they got actually to do this either. But listen, all NFL players are – you know, they play in a violent game and, you know, doesn't take much to, to end a career. So, you know, there's always a, there's always a risk with every NFL contract. Right. And, you know, you, you, you can't win without a quarterback in the NFL. So you're going to overpay for them. Everybody does. So you're going to have to keep if you're going to keep one of the best young kids like you're going to try to sign them as early as you can before other teams are going to try to, you know, apply leverage to, to, to drive up the price even more. So, you know, good on the Kansas City Chiefs for for making the investment. Um, go down Patrick Mahomes for being a great player and uh, let's see what happens over 10 years you know I can't imagine he plays on you know health you know health risk free I guess all 10 years but sure. I think it's a uh, you know one of, one of the best risk. players at the at the most important position so a calculated risk probably probably worth it by the way we did miss last week uh, excuse me two weeks ago Bobby Bonilla day came and went and we didn't even yeah you know what else we missed we also missed Kanye I know we're gonna get to that I'm I'm so excited. I mean, he doesn't have a convention. He just announces stuff on Twitter. So I'm not really sure if he knows how to run for president yet or do not. Do you know the name of his party? I do not. It is the birthday party. Oh, there you go. Now we know. 
Has he filed that uh, with the Board of Elections? Do we know? Is, he a, is that a thing? If I had to guess, I'd say no. But uh, maybe. I, yeah, I don't think he has a staff like how knows how this is going on. Like I think he's just going to run a PR campaign, basically, and we'll see what happens. There. I remember that's interesting. saying that about another guy back in 2016. Yeah, but at least he filed the paperwork, right? I mean, <laughs> he has somebody on his team. He has a staff. Right. Like, I'm not sure Kanye has a staff. Uh, that's fair. Um, so I don't know. So want to talk about COVID in New York? Oh, God. I mean, again. I'd, we have a couple stories, though. I mean, we have to. It's we it's have the big thing going. We have the the class action lawsuit by a bunch of uh, gyms. Yep. Uh, I think primarily downstate, but I think there's several upstate as well. Um, obviously, we talked about our own local uh, gym, Aspen Athletic Club, and her owner, uh, Nikki and Brent Polo, suing the, the governor for the same reasons uh, or very similar reasons. Right. Uh, we also had the New York State Nurses Association. Uh, kind of put out a statement saying, I'll paraphrase, I don't really appreciate the Cuomo throwing us under the bus. Uh, basically, uh, the New York State issued a report saying that it wasn't Cuomo's order to mandate nursing facilities take in COVID-positive patients that was the cause of the rapid spread of COVID among those state facilities. It was the employees themselves who were careless and spreading it amongst the patients and their homes. So the nurses association, New York state nurses association did not take kindly to that and issued a statement calling for an independent investigation. Mr. Husong, do you think we will get an independent investigation of Cuomo's order on his nursing homes? I, I, I think we do. I'm optimistic, but I think it's far from certain because I think that they just did a, uh, I'm going to put this in air quotes investigation. Uh, the department of health investigated itself uh, and then released its findings uh, about 10 days ago. On July 6th, the report came out. So they did release that report, and that is what the New York State Nurses Association was responding to with their statement because, in essence, um, if you want to check out the website, there is a blog post coming up later today on a response to this report. So let me summarize it overall. The report, in essence, said that the executive order to put people in to force COVID patients into nursing homes did not affect the infection rates within the nursing homes, did not cause increased mortality in the nursing homes, followed CDC guidelines, and was not actually the rule in New York State. I'm not kidding. All of those things are in there. It's a most wonderful document I think I've ever read from the standpoint of obfuscation, arrogance, and hubris. It was unbelievable. So basically they said that the infections and deaths in nursing homes can all be chalked up to or or the parties responsible are the staff working in the nursing homes early on before they did all of the proper uh, PPE and visitors to the nursing homes pre the shutdown in March. All of it can be attributed to those two things. Um, Obviously, the staff and visitors in February and March more than likely played a role. I would never dispute that. I can't conclusively prove it, but it seems logical that that would follow. Uh, The idea that the nursing home executive order had no effect and no impact is maybe the most laughably absurd notion. I can't believe they put it in print. Yeah. I I mean, they they clearly are feeling pressure from even some from within their own party. I mean, I've definitely seen some Democrats who have called for an independent investigation. That's which is why I think there will be one. I also think there will be one because I think most people are 
in the same mindset that you just pointed out. Like, there's no way that didn't play a role. Let's figure out what role it played. Right. So I think there will be an, an independent investigation. There should um, be. There should be, for sure. Um, you know, it was one order that was, you know, you could point to it as seemingly a trigger to the full events that happened here in the state and other states who implemented that same kind of order. So I do think there should be an independent investigation. I you know, read through that New York state report and found it basically this is disingenuous as you did there, um, to basically remove any possibility that that was played a role. So, um, it played a role. Of course it did. The investigation was just going to show us at, to what point. And I think that that is a well-deserved and, uh, well-needed, uh, investigation for the people of the state and for the people who lost, lost people through these state facilities, because that's where the majority of the death happened. And listen, if you if you haven't seen this, if you haven't read this report, uh, it's about 25 pages long. It is sort of long winded and it is absolutely disingenuous. It is such a lesson in effective obfuscation, if you will excuse the legalese here of it's sleight of hand. The entire thing is look at my left hand. Don't look at my right. Look over here, look over here, look over here. And they start citing data about our, our mortality rate was not worse in nursing homes. And they never mentioned the fact that New York State counts nursing home deaths intentionally to reduce the number compared to other states. We've covered this before. In New York State, if you get COVID in a nursing home, you go to a hospital, you die in a hospital, they don't count that as a nursing home death. Every other state does. So for New York State to then turn around and say, see how much lower our numbers are than these other states, is, it's insanity. That, that they could say this with a straight face and expect everybody to just go, oh, okay, yeah, see, New York's right. doing good. Yeah, right. And I, I do think that there, most people are seeing exactly what we're seeing, So, um, which is why I have confidence that there will be an independent investigation. Um, hopefully the findings are made you know, sooner than later and they're made public sooner than later, and we can kind of reassess what happened here in this state. Uh, and again, use it to apply it to future states so, um, or future, you know, pandemics if there is one so i do think that the investigation is 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 worthwhile for sure and i'm pretty confident that it's going to happen you know i you know whether or not changes happen in albany because of it is not where i'm going but i do think that there is an investigation i agree i I, listen i would love it if it did happen i think some of it depends on the outcome of the election in november though i think that politics comes into play whether you want it to or not it's that's the simple reality of this state uh and i do think if you look at the overall response from new york state it's been poor i mean even now it's all this attention on florida and texas and georgia and arizona which don't get me wrong some of those states are not doing very well right now but watching new york state start putting all these rules in and and pontificating to these other states is is mind-blowing to me like to this day we still have more active cases in new york than these other states do it's we didn't we didn't win this thing by any means and it still is a we keep going back to this this old notion of we've got to keep things locked down and we've got to separate and we've got to do all this. And I'm I'm asking, where is the evidence to support that this is even working? Because there's not much. Yes, you could point to New Zealand with their very strict rules that they locked everything down and they beat it. You can also point to Sweden that beat it without doing all that. You can point to other countries that did lock down and didn't have great numbers. It's You can pick and choose the data points, but when you look at everything overall, to say definitively that locking down is is beating this virus, it, it's not there. It's, it's not a conclusion you can draw. It is at best a theory. 
Um, and in New York State, we keep going about it, and that's what this whole issue with the gyms was of, all right, gyms can open in phase four. Oh, nope, no, you can't. Just kidding, because apparently the filters in your air conditioning may not be safe. What? Right. So, like I said, the the you know, which is where we go back. We can go back to these these lawsuits. So the gyms have basically decided that Cuomo is making arbitrary and selective decisions through his order, right? So he gave he gave everybody these guidelines. He said, "Hey, this is what we're going to do. We have these phases. We're going to." open in these gradual phases, we're going to, to move forward and, and kind of uh, gradually open up the economy. And at every phase, it seemed as though gyms were a possibility, even all the way back to phase one. And yet here we are in phase 4.2. And we still don't have gyms, they're still on lockdown. Um, you know, some of these smaller gyms have been able to try to to work the system, if you will, to create uh, personal spaces, one on one spaces where they're, they're, they're limiting exposure. Um, I think they're doing that as a as a way. Not even sure if that's the way it's supposed to be done, but it's a it's a way to stay open, a way to help their members, and a way to keep their employees paid. So, um, I do think it's arbitrary and selective. I don't know that there's been any evidence to say that gyms are some kind of a major concern of of transmitting the disease. Um, there's evidence to the contrary. Right, right. We saw that study just posted that was, I think it's only a week old, where it was like the first study where they tested gyms. They tested like 3,800 people. 1,900 people went to gyms. 1,900 people didn't. The only person, and trained. The only people who, the only one person tested positive, and that person didn't even go to the gym. So they have a, that's a, a first study. It's It shows that there's not a concern, at least in this original study. And it's it should not be conclusive, a, but it is. Sure, but it allows we should have more of those type of studies, right? So, right. like, you can start seeing, you know, why, if at all, there is this arbitrary and selective uh, closure of gyms. And, uh, I mean, listen, I think that what has happened here is we have shifted our window of how we uh, phrase and how we kind of look at this whole debate. Yes, there is always a risk of anything where people get together, you could spread the virus, no question. But there's at some point the question of balance, of Let's look at the virus overall as far as a mortality rate of if you are under the age of 65, the mortality rate is very low. If you're in good health, the mortality rate is very low. It's it's akin to the flu or maybe even a little less. Whereas if you are older and have diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, obesity, yes, now you are getting into a very scary virus for this group or this subset of the population. So I think when we start phrasing the question to gym owners as how can you prove that you're not a threat to spread, we're asking the wrong question. You're asking them to prove a negative. There is a threat. Of course there is. But there's a risk in driving. We, we don't shut down people driving because of the risk of car accidents. We never have. Um, there's a risk of... I mean, there's risk in the flu, right? I mean, I, I, right. I know we keep bringing that. There's risk of the viruses. There always will be. But it's the reaction to them that has been the problem. I, you know, again, we've mentioned this for for weeks here. Is that the, the early on the the lack of information may have played a role. I'm assuming played the primary role in the expansion of all these government actions. But as we started the data started rolling in differently, the actions kept ramping up as opposed to saying, "Oh, wait, let's reassess." They basically just doubled down on those actions, which again has hurting people that you know, they're trying to keep safe, but they're actually hurting them by keeping them, you know, as, as, as 
uh, Nikki had mentioned earlier, you know, like she, her, her outfit and the gym industry in general is keeping people healthy, which would help them fend off such a virus if they were open. So if there's no tangible proof that being in a gym is a transmission risk, then closing the gyms is actually hurting the community by making them less healthy. Agreed. And I, I also think talking about transmission risk and case risk is such a small portion of the overall problem of, look, I, for, for lack of a better way of saying this, it's an oversimplification. Please don't jump down my throat. If you get a bunch of 18 to 40 year old regular gym goers that come down with COVID-19, it's a good thing because it's not going to kill them. It's probably not even going to make 99% of them have a single symptom and it's going to build towards herd immunity. That's a positive. I mean, yes, it's scary and it's a risk and everything else. I'm not arguing. But if you step back and say, all right, well, the goal of all of this is to protect our people. The people are protected from a virus when there is herd immunity. Yes, that can come from a vaccine or that can come from enough people having the virus that it's the risk of transmission is not great. And I know it's not conclusive that you can't get it twice and everything else. All of the evidence, all of the data to date indicates that you don't get this thing twice in a season. It's probably similar to the common cold where it'll mutate over the next season that we get into the fall and the winter, and then we'll take a look at it. Um, But if we don't get there, instead, if we're relying on a rushed vaccine that may or may not prevent you from getting COVID-19, I think that that's more foolish than hoping for herd immunity via healthy people contracting the disease and getting past it. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree. Like I said, so New York and Cuomo, um, that class action lawsuit was a, they sued the governor, they sued the attorney general, and they sued the state as an entity itself, um, as did our guest's uh, interview, Nikki Polo. So I, I'm going to attempt to play this interview here, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome a champion of freedom, an owner, a local small business owner of Aspen Athletic Club, Nikki Polos. Uh, Nikki, I want to thank you for joining us today. I know these are uh, very uncertain and frustrating times for business owners of all industries, um, but your industry itself has seemed to suffer more than most. Um, let's go back to, I don't know, mid-March when it seems as though kind of people saw that there was going to be some kind of a, a business pause, a, a lockdown of some sort occurring soon. Um, you know, what was going through your mind what was happening, you know, as you were trying to prepare your gym for this possible shutdown and what were you doing to, to kind of make yourself prepared for the eventual, you know, uh, guidelines that we, we didn't get, but the, the, the preparing for a, an eventual virus that might have uh, become prevalent within the community. Yes. Yeah, so um, Aspen Athletic Club is my small business right here in Syracuse, New York. We're not part of a larger corporation or any type of franchise. And, Prior to the state-mandated shutdown in March, um, we were well aware of the risk that COVID was presenting, and we instilled protocols and procedures um, to keep our employees and our members safe. Uh, We had upgraded to a medical-grade cleaner. We had posted signage about um, not entering if feeling ill. We had already started social distancing with putting every other cardio machine out of service and limiting our class sizes. We had employees cleaning every hour. Um, and with large facilities, they were cleaning nonstop. Uh, so we we really did um, take precautions prior to the state mandated closure. On Monday, March 16th, is when Governor Cuomo had his press conference announcing that we had to shut down 
at 8 p.m. that evening. I was actually teaching an aerobic class uh, at that press conference time, so I did not hear the news until my my class was over. Um, we immediately, my first and foremost thought was my employees. I, at that time, had an employee base of 160, um, and I immediately was concerned with them and their needs and how this was going to affect them as a small company, um, especially in the fitness industry. I did not have the means to to um, continue uh, to have employees without an operating business. That's so right. um, I instructed them on um, the best courses that they could take to, to, to take care of their, themselves and their families during um, their employer being shut down. As soon as my employees were in a, a better spot, um, ironically, our payday was the 15th of March. Uh, so we had payday um, and how our pay periods fall. I had my back office team and my accountant get payroll ran immediately. So any unpaid hours were given to my employees by that following Saturday. Um, I wanted them to get their earned income um, before any creditors that I knew would be knocking down my door um, with a business that was creating overhead, but not able to generate revenue. Uh, my second thought was my members. Um, in a pandemic, it is especially being shut down and had to stay at home. I knew that my members were going to need an opportunity to exercise, to work off stress, to keep their bodies and their minds healthy. Uh, so I created a private member Facebook page, a group. It was the fastest and most economical way to get virtual workouts to my members. And um, I've been faithfully every day providing that um, since we were shut down. Uh, I personally have been addressing every email and every phone call with members who have questions, who need assistance, who have to change the status of their membership. Um, because I do know every household, large and small, is going through um, a, a very, very trying time, not just businesses. Now, as we fast forward into April, um, federal guidelines were announced with this reopening phases um, that, that we were all going to experience. And health clubs were part of the federal guidelines in phase one. So when that was announced, I got to work. I created a very extensive proposal that I submitted to the county and the state on May 1st. Um, all of the protocols, the policies and procedures, I started implementing in my facilities and I got my locations up to that standard, expecting and anticipating to reopen in phase one. Um, we were not given clear direction. And honestly, when phase one started, there was not exclusive, specific exclusion of us. We just were not included. Um, being a rather large, small business, I couldn't ask my employees to come off of unemployment or ask my members to come in without clearance from, from the state. So we did remain shut during phase one. Um, I continued communicating with our elected officials and following all of the other states as they did their reopening um, process and any guideline or protocol that they put on their health clubs. Um, I ensured that we were, were keeping up with. Uh, when phase two was announced, it included professional services, which my employees are required to be CPR, AED certified. Um, many of them hold national personal training group exercise certifications. And I know that exercise is a professional service that is essential for mental and physical well-being. Um, so I was very, very disappointed to see the executive order explicitly exclude 
gyms, fitness centers, exercise classes, personal training, and CrossFits from phase two. When phase three was announced, um, which included personal care, I had about 10 seconds of happiness thinking there is no possible way. Exercise is not part of personal care, but indeed, once again, those same areas, health clubs, fitness centers, exercise classes, personal training, and CrossFit is specifically excluded in order to remain closed. All we could provide through phase three was virtual workouts. Um, after phase three is when I um, started looking at other options. There was no elected official that could give me any guidance. They did not have any answers to my questions. They couldn't overcome any of my objections. And they, they honestly seem to all have the same concerns. Can I follow up on that ahead. real quick, Nikki? So yeah. tell, me some, tell me some of the avenues that you try to pursue some of the, the local officials. I mean, they, obviously they um, work for us. They work for the people. They work for you as a small business owner and someone who is uh, servicing the community. So talk about yeah. maybe some specifics it's, in your area of reaching out to some of the politicians locally. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of interesting. I have never gotten involved in politics before. I go to the polls. I vote. I, I want my voice to be heard, but then I, you know, follow the rules. I work my business hard and I, I just, you know, work within the constraints that are there. Um, so this is truly the first time in my experience as a business owner where I have, have aggressively been involved with our elected officials. Um, from all different areas, I did reach out. Um, Al Sturpey is one um, individual who has been very, very good with communication. He actually came in and toured my facility back before phase one. Um, so I could show him all of the safety measures that we have in place. Uh, Tim Burtis is a local legislator who, again, has been phenomenal. He has answered every one of my phone calls and uh, listened to my passion with... Um, out getting offended. Uh, but uh, Ryan McMahon's office, um, I have spoken to, I can't even count how many times. Um, I did reach out to other areas. John Kako's office was answered, um, you know, answered my calls. There was not much as a federal um, position that they could do, but they did. They were at least responsive. Um, there are other politicians that I just never heard back from. Obviously, Governor Cuomo's office himself, I never heard back from. Um, Rachel May, I had sent a couple messages I never heard back from. Uh, so I just, you know, I tried to plead my case. I talked to um, Jim Faley, who's the um, regional director of Empire Development. Um, and again, just trying to to get the information, to understand what was going on, to maybe get a heads up. Like, I don't think what, what people don't understand is there's no secret communication with businesses. We find out the same information through the same press conferences that everyone else does. We have these codes that we can plug into newyorkforward.org. And I literally will plug them in numerous times a day, hoping that it changes. And as each phase came, I would repeatedly keep checking to see if we were, you know, our, our status per our codes were, were going to change. And they, they just never did. Um, so. so and so did uh, and it seems like communication and information itself was very hard to get, especially early on, um, even from some of the regional directors from the governor's office. So was there a sense of frustration from those local politicians from a lack yeah. of information yeah. coming from Albany? For sure. I honestly and 
I've, again, I've never gotten involved in politics and I've never wanted to bring politics into fitness. We are, we are a facility who we help people, we, we change lives. We help people de-stress and get healthier and feel better and control, you know, preventable diseases. And it's, it's never been a place for politics. So, um, I, I can say though that every politician that I talked to was extremely frustrated because even though Governor Cuomo had said the counties are going to have control and it's going to be based on the county's numbers and the county's, you know, what's best for the county, that is not the case at all. He is unilaterally making these decisions and it comes from his office and, you know, whatever committees were there, they, they were not making decisions. They were just in my opinion, they seem to just be some smoke and mirrors and some some levels of um, you know separation to take the heat off of where the decisions were really coming from. So I, I felt I felt like the politicians were were very frustrated. They did not have answers for me, and it was to you know I honestly don't think it was any fault of their own. I think it was coming from not getting answers from Albany. So okay, and so and so. I think you're just about to enter phase four in your timeline yes. uh, breakdown here. So, so let's go back to, to, yep. to there, the, the final phase I heard that the final, everybody's open in yes. phase four, right? So when we were excluded from phase three, um, that is when I did retain my attorney. Um, the county had assured me that our numbers are phenomenal. We are looking to be on schedule to start phase four on June 26th. So even if governor Cuomo does not change his mind, June 26th is, is, is the date. Um, it was June 18th that an executive order came out and it specifically stated fitness centers, health clubs, exercise classes, personal training and CrossFit remain closed. In that executive order on June 18th, it stated that we could start providing outdoor workouts on July 6th. And that I, my my hope of being allowed to, to open my doors was, was pretty much squashed, but I, I continued to, to do my job, what I needed to do for my members and my employees. I stayed patient. And on June 26th, when we were officially excluded, not given the green light to reopen is when we got with our attorney and said, you know, we need, we need to file this case. And, and the, Monday of the following week is when our case was filed. So that's one thing with this lawsuit. It's, it's, it's not a, a knee-jerk reaction. It's not trying to get reopened sooner than what is, what is safe for the community in anyone's eyes. We're, we are beyond two weeks past phase four now, and we are still specifically excluded. Malls were allowed to open on Friday. We're sitting here on Monday, still shuttered closed. Um, so it is... Um, it is very disheartening. Our, our lawsuit, which I'm sure is why you reached out to me, um, truly what we want is to reopen our doors. We want the executive order to be lifted, allowing us to operate our business just like every other business. We don't want to be excluded for arbitrary reasons. We should be treated like every other business out there. We under, I understand completely this, this is not a pre-COVID world that we are living in. And I don't expect to open my health clubs like COVID doesn't exist. I want extensive guidelines in place and I will meet those guidelines, whatever they are. We have been given nothing. We have been giving, given absolutely nothing. Um, 
Nikki, a quick question for you. It seems that the, the governor's office keeps going back to air conditioning and air filtration systems. Uh, that's um, the validity. So, of... Yeah. Go ahead. So I don't know I'm how familiar you are. Yeah, I'm not sure where that came from. Um, HVAC systems, air conditioning and heat come from the same areas. So uh, if, if that truly was an issue, what about February and March when no one was wearing masks and people were using their you know, heating and cooling systems? Um, if I, I don't agree with it, I don't, I do not think there is validity, but I, that's, I'm, I'm a gym owner. I'm not, you know, I'm not a certified HVAC person. I'm not a doctor or scientist or what have you. Um, now, as far as the filters, if that's the requirement, I did purchase filters for all four of my facilities. So if the same requirement governor Cuomo put on malls to reopen was put on health clubs, I'm ready to go. I can, I can meet that requirement if that's what it, what it is, but we're not even given that option. We've been given nothing. All of the, if you, if you see, um, I did post like the proposal I put, I, I haven't emailed it to my members. I haven't posted it on my website because it is just a proposal. It is not, it doesn't mean anything until there's right. official state guidelines. It's just my opinion and what I've done. And to, to look at all of the time and money and effort that I've invested over the past 119 days in these COVID conscious protocols to still be shuttered closed. I have plexiglass around my front desks. I have directional arrows. A lot of the big box stores that never closed for a day do not have directional arrows anywhere. You just wander and roam. I have, you know, I have all of these things in place. I've, I've retrofit sinks to be touchless and urinals. I have bottle filling stations instead of drinking fountains. All of this comes with a huge expense and the filters, um, you know, there's a, there's a much higher cost for that denser, you know, filter that may or may not be required of health clubs. It is required of malls. So definitely seems to be two different standards. Uh, now, obviously, other gyms in other areas of the country have been allowed to open and have been operating under these new COVID restrictions for some time. Um, you're probably pretty in tune with the industry. Are you aware of any yeah. gym hotspots around the rest of the country and, and what lessons had to be learned? Or is it just not um, come up? No, I have been following each state as as it's allowed its health clubs to reopen. Um, like I said, and I've I followed the guidelines and made sure that if that state's guidelines were in New York, we would be able to open because that's that's the other thing. If, if Cuomo had a press conference tonight allowing health clubs to open tomorrow, I would. I'm ready. I have everything in place. I, I, I want to rehire my employees. I want to provide exercise. If if you see over this shutdown period, 80 percent of Americans have gained weight. And I believe the average is like 16 pounds, like 16 pounds when we were already not the healthiest society to begin with. And what that is going to do on our overall health. If you look at the risk factors, if you contract COVID, the risk factors for a severe reaction is obesity, is um, pulmonary heart disease, is diabetes, diabetes, all of these conditions that worsen your chances of surviving COVID are preventable diseases and diet and exercise are the two main ways outside of pharmaceutical companies, but the two main ways that we can avoid these preventable diseases. And I'm, I'm forbidden to provide that service in a, in a clean, spacious, COVID conscious facility. Um, just like every other business out there, opening a business 
does not require that people attend. I've never forced anyone to join my gym. Allowing me to open my doors would not force anyone to come into my facility. It would be a choice that a member would make. Throughout these reopening phases, at least at the beginning, Governor Cuomo was very, very, very specific, and he was very vocal that he didn't want people traveling, even now with traveling you know, restrictions beyond the states. When you look at businesses that are open, my business is member-based. It's not open to the public. Most of my members live or work within a five to 10 mile radius. You can't get more location specific. If someone were to come in from a hotspot state, they were not be able to walk through my doors. They could go to a big box store. They could go to a restaurant. They could go to Destiny. But they, if they are not a member who lives or works locally, they're not going to gain access to my facility. We have touchless scan-in. So occupancy could be noted to the whatever percent they allowed, 10, 20, 30, 40%, whatever percentage was allowed. I could not just tell you that I'm adhering to that, but we have software. Almost, you know, most health clubs do. We can... We can follow all these things that the governor has said is important, yet we're the industry that's still closed. If tracing is important, you don't have to put on the news who was at you know, Target on Saturday. I could tell you exactly who scanned into my facility on Saturday, and we would have valid, current, up-to-date contact information. So, And this, this does divulge from my lawsuit because I shouldn't have to prove my business. I have a valid occupancy permit. I've been operating a safe business for over 16 years. I'm currently closed at no fault of my own whatsoever. But all of these other facts should let people know that this, this is a safe thing to do. This, the, the, this is an overreach excluding my industry from being able to reopen like almost every other business has been allowed to. Right. And I think that goes directly to your lawsuit claiming the arbitrary and selective enforcement of the, of the order, right? So yeah, there, there seem to be no, as you said, guidance, but there's been no even like hint of what you guys should be doing. Should right? do. Just, and yeah, exactly. And so you guys, exactly. you guys are often working blindly. You seem to be, you know, way ahead of even, you know, the governor's office at this point. So I, I you know, I'm with you. I, I feel like it's, it's, and again, this is information. I, this is information that I have been communicated to our elected officials. I've been asked to, to bring me to the table. Let's have a conversation. It's not, maybe it's not a black and white easy decision to make, but it's a decision that our business deserves to be made. And it's a, it's a, it's a decision that our members deserve to have the opportunity for themselves to decide. Not, you know, if, if strip clubs are open and malls are open and restaurants are open, people can decide not to go there, but they, they have been given the opportunity to reopen. Um, I've had some politicians say just because my gym is clean or just because I have high standards doesn't mean other gyms can. But don't penalize me. Put the standard out there, just like you did for hair salons and restaurants and now malls. Some malls aren't open. Some restaurants aren't open. Some businesses are choosing not to reopen. But to be denied the opportunity to reopen? And I'm not asking, like I said, I'm not asking to reopen like COVID doesn't exist. I'm asking to reopen with whatever guidelines the state's willing to give me, and I will meet those. Well, Nikki, I I think you've done great work here. Um, Other than, you know, everybody joining your gym as soon as they're allowed to uh, (laughs) uh, reopen. um, Is there something else that 
the community can do to support you guys? I mean, uh, you know, I was um, paying attention to the lawsuit, but like, wh what would you encourage people in, in the community to do to help support you and other gyms that are, uh, that are feeling a lot of the same frustrations? Honestly, right now, um, and this probably sounds cheesy, but right now, I just beg everyone to just be kind. It is amazing. I have people who have never been a member of my gym ripping me apart on social media. And it is, it, it does no service. Like it does no service whatsoever. Um, if people would just be kind and keep their <laughs> opinions, that would be very, very helpful for small businesses, my business and every other business giving us a good review, sharing our posts, um, talking positive about us is the, is the best thing that you can do right now. And it doesn't cost anything. Um, as far as supporting my business, um, we are allowing people to join. Uh, right now, obviously, it's only virtual workouts that we're providing, but people can do a one-month membership or they can join on a month-to-month -month membership online and gain e immediate access to the virtual workouts that we're providing. Um, as I mentioned, we are allowed to, to do outdoor workouts. Uh, July 6th, we were given that permission. Uh, it was also like the second day of a heat index, you know, crazy weather pattern. So it, it was very frustrating to try to work out logistics of bringing equipment outside of our temperature controlled facilities to put them out in a parking lot in the glaring sun with a heat index of, you know, craziness. Seems safe. Um, what could go wrong? Uh, but yes, but the outdoor workouts is something that we're, we're providing right now too. So if someone is interested in supporting Aspen and they, they want to, to regain some health, um, you know, the virtual and the outdoor workouts, uh, once we're allowed to reopen, um, I just want everyone to really think about the purchases that they make and the decisions that they make, because keeping our, keeping our small businesses going is, is beyond important. And it's not just restaurants. That's I, I, I support local restaurants and I have so many, um, you know, friends that that own restaurants and that's fantastic continue to support local restaurants but think a little bit bigger think about where you're shopping where you're getting your groceries where you're getting and where you're working out you know i i do a fit local you know with fitness you know support the local smaller businesses that that support the community that employ the community that that reinvest in the community so Nikki, we're, uh, we're running tight on time before I give you the final thoughts or any follow-up or ending questions from Sean. I just want to throw this out there of, I know that your lawsuit is simply seeking to reopen and be able to engage in business. Uh, I'm hoping that in a perfect world, you would get damages and back pay for the <laughs> arbitrary nature of these rules that your employees have suffered. You have suffered. Your family has suffered. The government has taken away your ability to earn a living. And as such, the very least they should do is compensate you for that. If they're going to risk you having to shut down this business that you and your husband have built over the last 10, 15 years, then the least they should do is compensate you for it. I, I, I appreciate you recognizing and acknowledging that because it, it truly small business owners, especially in the fitness industry, we have a passion for health and wellness. We have a passion for helping people. And, and I, I was born and raised here. I went away to college, but I came back here to start this company. And I've, it is my blood, sweat and tears over the past, you know, 17 years almost. And I have never, we, we expected 
competition. You know, there's ebb and flows of business. There's going to be highs and lows. There's going to be obstacles to overcome. I never in a billion years envisioned a government shutdown, let alone one that is lasting, I mean, four months. That's a third of the year. Um, I have never worked harder in these past 17 years than I have these past 119 days from morning to night. I, and I, I'm, I'm not looking for, for sympathy here. It's my business and I'm fighting for it with everything that I have, but it is, it is, it is not easy. And it is, it has been the, the biggest challenge of, of our lives. And there is a second part to our lawsuit that if the government does intend to continue keeping us closed down because of some perceived benefit of the public to no fault of our own whatsoever, then we are looking for just compensation. That's not our number one goal. I truly, I, I want to open my doors. That is what I have want in a safe manner. I want to open my doors safely, rehire my employees and help the community be healthy. And that's our number one goal. It should have happened in phase one, if not phase two, but to be excluded from phase four, um, it's just beyond the pale and, you know, we're, we're fighting every day. Nikki, I appreciate that fight. I'm going to let you go and uh, take care of your members and your employees and everything else you need to do. I appreciate you telling your story here. Um, I'm going to pay attention to you as you go along. Hopefully, uh, you know, things, things start moving forward in a a more positive manner for you. Um, I I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Yes. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye-bye.